0: Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to The Crash Couch. Season 2 has officially arrived, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, we just had the premiere last night as you were listening to this episode. Well, I'm assuming you'll listen to this episode uh, you know, as soon as we get posted, but uh, if not, it premiered on Wednesday, February the 1st. And we have some thoughts about it, we being myself and my fellow co-hosts Lou and Eric.
1: Hello. That, 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 yeah, that's that's your cue. Oh, I okay. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Are you yeah, sure? You know, it's okay. It was uh <laughs> you know, I I mean it, it's you know, it's no Saturday night live. It, it's no uh <laughs> It's no King of Queens, but it was okay. <laughs> King of Queens. Good one. I am kidding. It it was incredible. Mm-hmm. It, it was everything I I dreamed it was it would be. You know, we were talking um, in the last episode, I remember saying that I was hoping that Season 2 would make Season 1 look like Babylon 5's Season 2 made Season 1 of Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. Like. And so far, I feel like I'm correct. So far, and I'm sure we'll get into this in a minute, I feel like from... Because we've actually got uh, press screeners in advance. So, uh, Chris, I know you haven't been watching ahead. Lou and I have a little bit. So... We, uh, and and we won't ever spoil any of it. In fact, the way this works is there's an embargo. We're not allowed to talk about it until the episodes air. So you listeners don't have anything to worry about. We're not going to spoil anything. But, like, having looked ahead a little bit, I'm very happy to discover that season two just blows the pants off of season one. And season one was already really good. Mm -hmm. So this is, like, full burn. We're we're on our way. We're going. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I, I thought
2: season one wrapped up really, really strongly. So I mean, did. this is picking took up. Took the season where it right, right left off. Yeah, it did. It was very s- well. I, I don't want to say slow because slow is a negative. You know anything about the it shows, was, but it, it was, was it, it was sedate. It was relaxed. <laughs> it took its time to getting where it, it had to go.
1: It was an intentional buildup. It was a, a very decisive, meaningful buildup mm-hmm. through season one. But, I mean, you got to say, Season 2 pilot, you know, the Episodes 1 and 2 that make up that first night, wow. Yeah. Like, stuff happened, and -hmm. it was good. Yeah.
0: Now, before we get into it, uh, can one of you guys, you know, maybe give our listeners a little brief recap of what happened at the end of uh, Episode 10 of Season 1, just so, you know, we're all on the same page here?
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, so basically, they—I always get the station names uh, messed up.
0: It was Eros station that they were on, right?
1: The—the the one where the proto molecule w- was released and Julie Mao was was located. That wasn't and station. that—that that was, that, that was Eros. Eros station. Yeah. Okay. So um, there was a big outbreak there. Pretty much everybody there was infected. Uh, and. Miller and Holden were trying to get back to the ship safely. They got dosed with a like something like 500 times the, the lethal dose of radiation. They barely made it back to the Rosinante in time. They did manage to get treated for it and escaped. The protomolecule, um, at that point in episode 10, we didn't really fully understand what was going on but as we saw in the last clip with the the character who had been the spy on the Rosinante earlier on who was left there on Eros after the Rosinante left uh there's kind of these sparkly things in the air kind of form around him and and it's almost like whatever's going on with the proto molecule is starting to take a, a sentient form and yeah, it's was, like it's
2: learning yeah
1: yeah um, which does coincide with what the doctor, whose name I forget, uh, and I'm waiting for Lou to hop in. Uh, Dresden. Dresden, thank you. Uh, with what Dresden had said earlier about um, you know seeing what it evolves into as it progresses through the station, we learned that Julie Mao's father was actually in charge of, is it Protogen? Yes. The company who is... Mm-hmm. They're they're actually the ones doing the experiments on this proto molecule. It had been done on a previous station prior to Eros, but they needed a bigger station with more bodies uh, to kind of incubate whatever it is that that's going on. Uh, and so Miller is now with the crew of the Rosinante,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, they are now. Um, At the end of this episode, basically, they are going to be heading back to meet up again with Fred Johnson Mm -hmm. on Tycho Station um, because he's the one that sent them out there to pick up the person who ended up being Julie Mao in the first place. And and that's kind of where they got into this whole situation. So they are now traveling back to Tycho Station. The Earth and Mars situation is all kinds of complicated. Alvisarola knows that there's something weird going on with the shipyards and that the drives may or may not be being used in the ships that attacked the Donager, um, or the the Canterbury, rather. Um, Yeah, that's basically where we end up season one. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I will have to
2: say, you will hear Eric and I probably mispronouncing some stuff from what the TV show does. Yeah. Because we both listen to the audiobooks, and they've got different pronunciations i mean it's like you know we we always heard avasarala and in the tv show it's avasarala <laughs> and in the but, book they go But both... it depends
1: on the character in the tv show too because it's been pronounced at least twice differently in the, in the tv True. show True
2: it has a tv show right
1: um but, but but then for me
2: it's also the the ship um they keep calling it the Rossi in the tv show and in the book it's always the Rossi, Right and to me, it makes more sense because it's the Rosinante, so it's the Rossi. But anyways,
1: and it's a Spanish name, and in Spanish, <coughs> O is pronounced O. They don't have short and long vowel sounds like we do in English, mm-hmm. so it would not be Ross that, or Rossi. It would be the Rosinante. It would always be the Rosinante. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that was a good recap.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, so, yeah. I'm proud of you, Eric. You didn't let me down there.
1: Off the top of my head, I didn't even know you were going to ask us to do that. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, don't worry. I, I will, I'm not going to, at the start of each episode, ask for, hey, Eric, what's the recap of what happened last
2: time?
1: Which is so. funny, because now I'm going to be prepared just in case you do, and you're going to end up never asking
2: me. <laughs> last time on The Expanse. There you go.
0: <laughs> Lou, you should be the uh, the voiceover guy that says that now.
1: Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'll do <laughs> uh, that. my Fresh only guy. role. <laughs> All right. So when we e- left, saw Chris, Lou, and Eric... <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, I, you know, rather than just going through a chronological uh, advancement of the story and talk about it like we did uh, with our previous shows, just because then we were catching up um, really, you know, kind of quickly uh, on what was, you know, the main story plot of what was going on. I kind of just want to, you know, give our th- general thoughts on the episode and then, you know, talk about some of the major talking points that, you know, really jumped out to us. Uh, first thing I, I kind of want to talk about is... Miller and Holden, specifically Miller. Uh, he was not my favorite character going into, you know, based on season one. Even though I really liked him, and I really liked Thomas Jane's portrayal. He was not my favorite. But after this episode, if he is anything, you know, later on like he is
1: now, I'm, I am I know I'm going to fall in love with the guy. And, I thought he was your favorite episode by the end of season one. Um. We're kind of talking like Miller was your guy. He is. It, yeah. it was
0: close. I, I, I have a soft spot for um, Alex. Okay. But, but I, I, I'm i pretty sure Miller is like right on the. He's another good performance away from overtaking that.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I would say this. My, my wife walked in while I was watching the end of this episode. And, uh, she and she was totally not really paying attention to it. She was, you know, doing Facebook on her phone or something like that. But she just caught some of Miller's dialogue uh, during the infiltration of the the science station. And she's like, what show is this? I said, this is The Expanse. This is the one I've been telling you. It's kind of like Game of Thrones meets Babylon 5. They, you know, I, I want you to start watching. She's says, oh well, who's this guy? I said, that's Detective Miller. He's one of the protagonists. She said, oh, I kind of like it. He's in, like, the whole show? I said, yeah, from the pilot episode. She said, oh, okay, I I might watch this. I kind of like this guy.
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So, finally. But, yeah, he's, uh, Miller is, you know, I don't want to say he's just now developing into a character, but because he was, even what we saw before where he wasn't really doing much He was a strong, well-developed character who wasn't doing much because that's the rut that his character was in. That was where he was in life. Mm -hmm. The characters in this series continue all the way through book six. These authors, man, when it comes to realistic characters, um, they get it. Like I love that. Even the the Star Wars book that they did, um, Honor Among Thieves, they did the best portrayal of Han Solo as a character of any Star Wars books. And I've read hundreds, literally hundreds of Star Wars books. And they just, they, they nail characters. They get it. They write the characters and develop the characters so well. And I'm glad to see that the quality of the character development from the books, even though there have been some changes to the TV series for the sake of being a TV series, I'm glad that the quality of the development has been consistent in quality, and, and it's carried over to the television series as well as it has. And Miller is a shining example of that, especially in this episode.
0: Lou, what do you think?
2: I thought this was a great kickoff to what I hope is going to be an awesome season. I mean, you know, we said a few minutes ago that season one seemed to kind of crawl to where it was getting to and they set everything up they put everybody on the board and now we're ready to you know make a run yeah and like and, and they, way. what's that i said crawl in a good way we're not just yeah you. no i i mean i i love the first season um <clears> but it just seemed like it, you know i, I knew what was going and i'm i'm anxious for it to get there because i read the book so i'm like come on let's get to you know the next part um but yeah, I I mean now they're ready to to rock and roll and and everybody's in place. I'm I'm comfortable with the characters. There's been great character development all through the first season. Um so so you know now it's like they're still going to grow, but now we know who they are and how they're going to react in different situations and now we're going to see what what
1: happens. Mm-hmm. And as an episode or as a pair of episodes, these two episodes together were so satisfying. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a great way to open the series, er, to open the season it was a great way to explain what's next and where things needed to go from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hey, all of this research that was being done on Eros was being transmitted to this other place. Someone is collecting this stuff and we need to stop it. You've got plot development. You've got character development. You've got a major action scene with high stakes and with losses a great space battle I think probably really the first space battle and it was short but it was so dynamic it was uh it one was of intense. The, it was very intense and part of it was because of the stakes involved but also because of the realism I mean this is short and sweet and ultra realistic for what it must actually be like to have a space battle like that and we I mean name in all seriousness think for a minute Name another show where we've seen something similar to that. The closest thing I can think of is maybe Battlestar Galactica, and even that was a little too, you know, World War II fighter Mm plane-ish. Yeah, this one was more
0: uh, vintage-feeling, I guess you could say. Uh, It was, you know, like... I'm trying to think of a good analogy. (sighs) Maybe maybe like an old west shootout, where it's not right. you know you don't go in guns ablaze and you kind of you know you have like you know little handguns with you know seven bullets in it and that's all you have so you know you have to you know aim carefully and you know you're on the, you're you're on the edge of your sh- uh, edge of your seat and right it, it, you know it's not you know fast flying ships and guns and lots of explosions right I mean you're
1: moving past the ship you can't course correct quickly you you are going past it it is going past you mm-hmm. you light up the side of their ship they light up the side of your ship and you hope that your bullets hit more critical things than their bullets hit in your ship mm-hmm. and you cross your fingers and and that's exactly what it is i mean you're watching the bullets go through the interior of the rosinante dancing around amos and and uh naomi and and you're hoping that they don't hit the characters you know screens are getting shattered and and, et cetera, like, that's mm-hmm. real. Yeah. That's, you know? It, it is. It, it feels, it's a very realistic feeling show. And they only have four people on that ship, and, and that's a Mars assault ship that's supposed to have a full crew. Yep. You have to figure that, statistically speaking, that's probably what saved the crew is the fact that there were only four of them. If they had a full complement, half the crew would be dead. Yeah. And then you've got the actual uh, foot soldier infiltration, and that was great too. You've got these these soldiers who aren't really soldiers. They don't know what the heck they're doing. They don't handle things right. Miller's going through and saying, "No, guys, guys, what? You <laughs> you can't do it that way. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, Listen,
1: right. Just put, just follow me and do it the right way. And then pretty soon, no, just don't follow me. Just stay here and don't touch anything." <laughs> You know, and and then he moves forward. That was the scene where my wife was like, I like this guy. Who's this guy? Mm-hmm. I want right. to watch this guy. Well, you guys just jump right to the end of the episode. <laughs> there well, was so much good stuff that happened before that. I'm like, wait,
2: was. He said he
1: recap, the last though, show, so, What's know? that? I, I, Chris said he didn't want to recap. He just wanted to. True, true.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, I'm just about, you know, as far as plot development goes, I mean, I thought we had so much more in these two episodes, and I guess we should probably say these two episodes are named Safe and Doors and Corners, uh, mm-hmm. the two names of these episodes. I, I thought we had so much more plot development in these two episodes than we had
1: all of season 10. Oh, season 10. Season 1. <laughs> 10 episodes yeah. of season 1. Um, it, it felt I mean, that way because the plot development moved so smoothly and so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, mean, I love the interplay between Mars and Earth and yeah. how you know the UN back in their comfortable offices on Earth are learning what's going on, you know, in real time um, between, you know, a U.N. ship and a Mars ship. And it's like, well, you know, they can't do anything. They're, they're waiting. It's almost like, you know, reading a book about a submarine battle here, um, you know, in our time. Um, it's the same kind of thing. You don't have any control over what the ships are doing. Uh,
1: because it's not actually in real time. There's a delay. Well,
2: that's what I'm saying. It, 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 it's yeah. their real time. They're waiting for, you know, whatever happens has already happened. And they can't really send any messages back to say, "Hey, do this now," because that that was twenty minutes ago or a half hour ago or something. So, um, I just love the way they've they've made this play off. And um, we did get some new character introductions. Mm-hmm. In, yes, in the beginning of this. So we have now we have Bobby Draper. Yeah, and we had the crew of the Sheraco. Okay, he shipped the, the MCRN ship. I think it was the Sheraco um then, no it's not a Volkswagen you know sports car it's a <laughs> ship with marines on it and they they were headed to Phoebe and there was a whole tension that almost like a Tom Clancy novel of submarine stuff going on yep. between the Scirocco and I don't know what the UN ship's name was um but trying to have them not start a war mm-hmm. and yet get their own mission done
1: and most importantly we get an F-bomb from Avasarala. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, we saw a press screener, so this could actually end up being, like, the unedited version that gets in the DVD box set. I don't know that sci fi is going to air that, but there, if, in case that, it no. there's a line during the meeting of Avasarala. I, I won't repeat it, but... Yeah. There's actually two. Were there one, two?
0: One from her and then one from
1: uh, Alex. Yeah, but I'm talking, obviously, in oh. the books, Albus Arlea is kind of known for... Uh, she's got a melting assailant. Colorful, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so awesome. back to the Martian Marines, though, um, just kind of a cool aside, we've got a couple of actors, if not characters. A couple of actors that I appreciate. One is the guy, and I don't remember his name, but he was in Falling Skies. Uh, the Earther. Who is now a Martian? I knew him from yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. All guys, yeah, he was one of the more prominent characters there, and uh, did a really good job with that role. And he seems to be doing a jo- good job with this role. I'm curious as to whether he's going to end up being cannon fodder in the long run, or whether he's going to stick around. I hope he does because I like watching him. And then the other one, uh, Bobby's XO, was in a Canadian uh, television series called I think it's called Flashpoint. It's about like a SWAT team who's called in for hostage negotiations and stuff like that. Uh, it, the, the leader of the team is, uh, Oh, what's the guy's name? Enrico Kester, C- okay. The guy that played the dad on Veronica Mars. He's been like a, a billion things. If you saw his face, you'd immediately see, Oh yeah, that guy. Anyway. So Bobby's XO is from that show. And I loved the interplay. This comes in to play a little bit more in, in, the next episodes too um, but I love seeing him on the show as well I, I love where they're going at uh, Bobby Draper for those who don't know again they, these aren't spoilers for the books but in the same way that Avasarla wasn't in the first novel neither was Bobby Bobby gets introduced in the second novel
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's interesting to see her in the show now and how they are working events from the novels into the show using her And not having to add additional exposition or additional Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. through other people.
0: It was really interesting to see uh, her as a character be the first thing you see in this episode. Like that—that is the introduction, and right. It's it's new because you know in the first season, like you guys said, it was a crawl. It wasn't a bad crawl, Um, a little boring at times, but you know, for the most part, it, it you know kept you on your feet. This one though throws you right into the action, and yeah. it's almost like a a military drama at this point. I mm-hmm. don't think it'll stay that way, but you know th- that's I mean, really yeah. what episodes one and two uh, feel
2: like. Right. Yeah. Lots of tension. Um, lots of new things being introduced. Um, we're, we're getting more of the you know story for the conspiracy mm-hmm. of yep. what's going on. We don't really know what's going on yet, but we're getting there. Um, you know, we find more about. You know Jules Pierre Mao and his interactions with everything going on. we learn his interactions with um, uh, Aaron Wright mm-hmm. and how their connection might
1: play into this and the nice thing is because of of this now, um, speaking without spoilers, speaking ahead to future episodes, as with any show, you have intense moments and then you have episodes or kind of moments in the valley you know between. You know, this big moment and that big moment, you're going to have an episode in between where, where chess pieces are being remaneuvered and people are having character moments and discussions and stuff like that. So the nice thing is that now the intensity level for what's going on, you know, the stakes are high, the plot is moving along. So now, even after this episode with all this intensity and the combat at the end and all that as we're moving forward and we have other slower character moments, they still feel intense. We know that this is just a momentary lull between two bigger things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another way in which season two is going to emotionally feel much more intense across the board than season one did because it's, it's no longer a slow buildup. Now it's built up. And even the slow moments, they are moments between other bigger things. Mm-hmm. So, like we're we're hit we've hit we've hit some momentum and it's going to carry for a while and that's exciting to me i i can't wait they they are and they have totally fulfilled my hopes mm-hmm. for how they would be handling this part of the story
0: mm-hmm. one other thing i, I, I want to talk about involves uh holden and uh naomi who have a bit of a uh romantic connection did that sure. just seem out of place to you
1: well so yeah. I'm gonna yes, okay. I'm gonna talk a little bit about how they handle it in the book. Right, uh, I don't think it's a spoiler, and it it it. We've already moved past that point story wise in the book. So in the book, um, remember in the pilot episode of the TV series, Holden is with the Navigator. Yes. Okay. So apparently, Holden because he's like he's there on the the cant. He, he's not jockeying for position. He's just there. He has no ambitions. He's not trying to become captain or anything like that. So there is a little bit of, I, I hesitate to call it womanizing that uh, is apparently in his history. But uh, he does apparently try to connect with some of the other women over time. On on the cans and on the ships he's on. So there's a point at which there's a little bit of a perhaps sexual tension between him and Naomi in the book. And Naomi basically calls him out on it and says, listen, I like you. You're cute. You're good looking. You've got a nice personality. And then you hook up with the crewmate and then you move on to something else. And I don't want to be that person. I've seen you do it time and time again. This Mm. is who you are. I'm, I'm not criticizing you for it, but that's just not who I am and not interested.
2: You're right. You should basically say something to the effect of, you know, you didn't look at me before I was the only one around, Right. (laughs) you know? Right. Yeah. And I thought it was handled much better in the book, but they had more time to do that in the book. They did, but that's the thing about books. They didn't have to make this this fast in this episode. It was like, all of a sudden it was like, whoa.
1: It was a little, well, okay, so here's the thing, as, as uh, and, and this is where military-type scenarios kind of bug me in, in writing because this sort of thing happens a lot. In, I was in the military, and you learn what people tell you all along, but you never really relate to until you're in the situation when you are in a super super hyper stressful situation sexual tension builds to a peak and, and people impulsively hook up with people and when i say hook up i mean in loose terms i don't necessarily mean sex just you know they, they become irrationally attracted to one another etc in ways that they wouldn't outside of that and i'll even just use basic training as an example like it, it goes through the roof in basic training. It's a ridiculously stressful environment. The purpose of basic training is to break you down, to put you under an incredible backbreaking amount of stress, psychologically speaking, and then to rebuild you back up into someone that the military can use in a military environment. But as part of that process and combined with the psychological aspects of being away from home for some of these kids for the first time being in a strange environment, not knowing what the future is going to hold. Like people just start hooking up like rabbits. And so in a lot of stories, especially where there's life and death stakes, it's very common to write some sort of a romantic or sexual angle for two characters and sometimes it seems to happen so fast that it doesn't fit. For me, it didn't bother me that much because I've seen so many cases. When I was deployed in uh, uh, in the Middle East, same thing happened. Like I saw people who you know they loved their wife, but I and I truly believe that. And they're over there, and you know, combat stress or or you know, different things like that. All of a sudden, they just they lose something and they're, they're just trying to seek out some sort of, of tangible intimacy to, to kind of bring back a sense of humanity and, and life to themselves again. There's a psychological phenomenon. I forget what it's called, but it it kind of plays into all this. So like, I, I get it, but they don't explain any. Mm. Uh, So if you've never been through that type of environment Mm. or scenario, where you're not familiar with that phenomenon, it doesn't make sense in the story. It's like, whoa, hey, where did
2: that come from? It, all I this? mean, it just seemed like in the story, it didn't have any kind of foreshadowing to it at all. You're right; it it didn't in the TV. I mean, show. they needed something. They needed, a, you know, a a a hint that there was something between them earlier. And in right. the book, it was it was it came on slowly. It was you know it was well, right? But in the TV show, it just
1: uh, you know did they cut a scene? <laughs> yeah, scenes <laughs> scenes of some tension and rejection. Like some tension and then the walking away or, you know, the C3 right. interrupting Han and Leia on the Falcon. They mm-hmm. they needed a little bit more of that first.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it, to me, it. I, I guess I w- I've seen this so many times now that I was really just expecting it. So it didn't come as a surprise to me. But yeah. the execution was just, you know, not the greatest, I guess. I mean... It could be worse, but I I would have rather seen something, um, be more, you know, like you said, have that tension be evident, you know?
1: Yes. Mm.
0: And it just, it just wasn't there. Like, like once, you know, once we, uh, you know, they were, they were out in the, um, what were they doing now when they were in the suits?
1: Yeah, they were taking their suits off after coming in from.
2: Yeah, they were putting the protomolecule into a.
1: Oh yeah, when they were when
0: they were into um, a missile. Yeah, when they were doing that, and you know they turned their mics off, and then like they got really close. I was like, okay, they're, they're about yeah, to do that yeah, that was
2: something they didn't explain either,
1: because
2: that was in the book, explained very very well. Yeah, so
1: let's explain that, Lou. Go right.
2: ahead. So you know, if there's a communication failure between the suits. You know, you've know, you got no way to talk. and the, the, In the book, they go into a lot of things about um, uh, belters using hand motions to let everybody know what's going on. But also, you can touch your helmets together, and the vibrations from the sound will carry into the other helmet, and you can hear each other. Right. And that's what they were getting to the point. But I'm like, you need to explain
1: that. It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it just got left out there. I now, imagine like, some people may have figured it out, but yeah, it's that whole sound doesn't travel in space. 'Cause there's nothing to carry the vibrations, but if you put two solid objects together and then the air in those objects, you know, sound does travel through that, that's exactly what yeah. what they were doing. But and that's another thing though, like the belters using a lot of hand and arm signals through the communication. We see that going all the way back to the pilot episode, and we see Havelock learning that from the prostitute. And it's never really revealed that belters, they're out in space, they're out in mm-hmm. uh eva suits all the time that's why they develop the hand and arm signals is so that they can communicate with each other when they're out in eva suits
2: yeah right you you, you can't see a guy nodding in his helmet you can't see a guy shrugging
1: his suit so they come up with other ways to show it exactly mm-hmm. and it makes perfect sense it's not explained if they explain so like it right an easter egg of sorts but uh, but that's why you have us here at the crash couch because we we'll, that's right we'll explain stuff like that to you yeah. but um yeah, they didn't explain the helmet thing, and while the relationship thing happening so quickly didn't entirely bother me, I remember watching it and say, "Ooh, I wonder what Lou and Chris are going to say about that." Mm-hmm. I think we have another, you know, Anakin Padme thing here. That
0: well, I was going to say that when when uh, Holden um, when they're taking off their suits and then Holden turns around and kisses her, I was really expecting based on naomi's personality who she's pretty feisty and i i like that. right i was expecting her to like be like what the hell man and give and you know give him a good slap across the face right But instead he just lunges at she just lunges at him and I'm she like, lunges at him yeah okay, there where did that come from and then later on in the episode you know they're doing something fixing something probably and holden is like so are you going to just tell the crew and make an announcement or something and i'm like wait wait make an announcement of what i thought that was like
1: a one-time thing but are they like a a couple now but no but that's the thing holden doesn't know either right Holden is you right now he's like well i wouldn't go that far (laughs) but well but i mean my point is Like, Holden doesn't... Was it it just sex? Or, like, do we need to make an announcement? Or... Do we need to call HR? (laughs) Right, exactly. Do we need to fill out some (laughs) release forms or something? Like, Holden doesn't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So that's him badly fumbling his way through that unnecessary conversation because he can't process that it might just have merely been a hookup. Um, There's... I want I want to come back to this when we get to episode 3 in our next episode because okay, okay. there are some scenes uh with the individual characters off doing individual things on their own and mm-hmm. it, and it's nothing big it's almost like just like some basic throwaway scenes of them killing time but I think that uh it demonstrates a little bit about Naomi Naomi's character that I think might explain some of this and yeah, maybe yeah. Fit within the context of her character a little bit in, in who she is. So. It's ah, it's one of those scenes where if you know what's going on behind the scenes, it makes sense. But if you just go with what they show in the show, which is how mm-hmm. people have to process it, it can be a little lacking. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, we did have some character development for another character. Uh, Fred Johnson got a lot more developed. In this pair of episodes, and in Eric, you you know my favorite scene, right?
1: Uh, I don't. I know. I don't. Oh. There are so many good scenes in this. That well, Fred Johnson when he's trying
2: to recruit guys to go on his mission to you know take. Out oh the station, yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. I'm like, he, oh he, it's <laughs> Lou. Look at that.
2: <laughs> he deals with a with a with an OPA. Uh, you know, um, what, what was the name of that? organization? is it Black Sun? No. <laughs> black black side uh, no, right. yeah, no, it, it was black something but um, yeah. it, w- it was a radical version of the OPA and uh, the Lou he spaced a guy <laughs> <So> <laughs> was the like, guy. yeah he spaced him awesome it was pretty quick too I was like ooh that came by surprise yeah <laughs> but that was good but then we also learned more about him in fact that he didn't really do what they think he did uh, to be the kind of butcher of station so that was interesting to learn that yeah mm-hmm. Gives us more context to Mr. Johnson. Was,
1: there was so much in this episode. This is probably well, again, it's two episodes, but this uh this moment, this evening of the expanse had more going on in it than any other two or three episodes combined. It it yeah. was mm-hmm. this was a, a full experience. It was a satisfying experience. Uh I you know, we can nitpick about things like, did the whole the Naomi thing happen uh, too quickly for it to be realistic or whatever? It, okay. Sure. Yeah, so there's there's a nitpick. And everything else about the episode? Holy crap, dude. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: We only pick it apart because we love it so much.
0: Yep. yeah. And it makes for good discussion, too. I mean, you know, sitting here talking to you guys about it really makes me want to you know, go back and see it, which, you know, um, one thing I should probably mention is that, uh, you know, we are going, we are going to be recording our episodes for the show before the premiere on TV. So what we're going to do or what I'm going to do is still, you know, when I get the chance, assuming I can do it every Wednesday, uh, watch the premiere or not the premiere, the episode as it airs live each week. And I'll be live tweeting on our Twitter, which is at Crash Couch. So uh, I will be able to rewatch this uh, as we, we're recording this on um, January the 31st. So, you know, premieres tomorrow for us. Uh, so I will be watching it again. And I really can't wait to watch it because, you know, sitting here talking to you guys really opens up a new way to look at things. Mm-hmm. And... that's what I really like about TV. I mean, yeah, it's fun to, you know, just watch a sitcom or something and just have a good laugh. But, you know, if you go back and watch it, unless it's a really special show that means a lot to you, you know, it's not gonna be as funny. So, but when it comes to like a a hard nosed drama like this, you know, that you can rewatch something multiple times and still catch something new.
1: Let me, let me tell you why I'm so happy that we're doing a podcast for this show. The level of attention of, to detail in every aspect is so strong we have the attention to detail in the visuals in in the setting we have the attention to details in the creative uh, details like the bird on the station there's not full gravity the bird flutters up a little bit and it hovers and then drops down and it flaps its wings again and hovers and like just little nuances like that. Um the attention to detail in the cultural aspects. The uh the belter slang. Yeah. The, the the belter hand and arm signals. Um the casting. The belters are generally taller and slender more slender than the human characters. Uh, the the details in the plot, the details in the conspiracy, the, the there's so much going on and there's so much to talk about and when you rewatch the show you can find different things whether it be different things about the characters different things about um, the political situation or climate um, details background conversations that you missed things like that and I feel like with very few exceptions possibly maybe Westworld, Game of Thrones something like that this is something that we haven't really seen since the last time we had a podcast specific to a TV show, which was lost, which was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited that we can have a podcast, talk about this stuff. And then, Chris, what you just said, you want to go back and rewatch it. And, like, you're already thinking about other things that you're going to pick up on. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's why I'm so excited to be doing this podcast for this show. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to go back and rewatch it, too. In fact, I will probably binge watch seasons at a time um, just because it's such a fulfilling show. Yeah, it's it's nice to
2: put it together and watch it in one, you know, binge it in a short period of time. Because to get ready for this, we, you know, we did the season one really quickly and I rewatched them all right before we did this. So it was in the span of a month. Um, Seeing all the episodes together was nice.
1: So. And it's not episodic at all. It's all serialized, and that makes mm. – it, it's a very thick show, and I say thick as a compliment. It's a very full. It's packed. Exactly. It's yeah. content. And, and it has something
2: for everyone, fair, too. Look. Yep. Yeah. So now before we wrap up, and I know we're getting towards the end here, do we want to talk about the very end of this pair of episodes? Yes. As far as yeah. you know, what, what they find flirt-
1: – this is where it blurs for me. I don't remember where this episode because after I watched these two, I immediately watched the start of the third one. Sure, had to go back to it later. But so, recap for me the end of this one.
2: So, so we 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 have the battle on the unnamed station, oh, it would, would, which, right? which I'm assuming is Thoth um, station. I think that's correct. So, they get there. They you know they they board the the station. No resistance really um at all they find that cluster of scientists hooked up to you know view screens and everything else and don't know what they're doing um they disconnect them they freak out they start shooting everybody and that's where you're talking about miller telling us "Whoa, wait nobody shoot anybody you guys stay right here don't do a thing you know <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna check this out um so it was it was pretty cool because they were untrained you know, military guys it was like, they just they were shooting where they could. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we find Dresden in that other weird room with all kinds of stuff going on. And the discussion between, um, Miller in Dresden and, uh, Holden and, um,
1: well, no, the discussion really was between Fred Johnson. Well, but, and but and, yeah, and,
2: because when he's pulled him out of there, Fred Johnson in, in Miller or uh, Holden, uh, meet Miller in Dresden. And they start interrogating this guy a little bit. And you can tell the guy's just kind of out there. I mean, he, he, he's a scientist, but he's just kind of, he's not really in touch with reality. He's got his own thing going on, and he's just pure science and doesn't care right. what's going on. Um, You know, they're confronting him about what he's, did, what he's done to Eros and how many people he's killed. And you almost get the sensation that Fred and Holden are both kind of going... Yeah okay, you can work for us, and you know we'll learn what you have to learn, and you know they're almost like they're ready to just go along with that, and then, bang! Yeah, <laughs> Miller puts one of on the guy's head. Yep, no remorse. Just no, the guy had to die. You know, it was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you guys think about that for an ending of this episode?
0: I was really, I mean, part of me was a little surprised, but you know. Looking back, knowing Miller's character and how the way he was handled in season one, now he really has no reason to hold himself back. So you know, I really shouldn't be surprised, but you know, I kind of was, and I, I, I thought it was a great way to end this in, in this uh, episode. Plus, you know, like I said, I'm a huge fan of how they're treating Miller right now, and if he stays like this. You know, as that kind of, you know, badass ex-cop almost, that's, that's, that's how I feel like he is mm-hmm. right now, so.
2: Mm-hmm. it, it ge- To me, it gives it a great feeling of we're keeping this mystery story going. Yeah. Because we still know all the pieces, and I just think they're doing a great job with keeping that story alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Are you, are you happy with this as far as how it's gone in comparison to the books?
1: Um, I I don't remember the difference between this and the books. Um, I thought it was basically the same, the same events. Yeah.
2: Well, besides that, I couldn't remember which book it was in, but well, yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, I, I like the whole idea that, you know, just as Fred Johnson is considering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can use this guy. Miller's like, Nope, not doing it. (laughs) Like it, the most surprising
2: you know, thing to me not, was it, huh? I so said the most surprising thing to me was it looked like Holden was going along with it
1: too. Yeah, which Holden you wouldn't, didn't which, say anything. You could kind of see in his eyes, like maybe he's considering it. But I think exactly. for me, Holden didn't really understand what the guy was getting at. So he's like, I, I, I don't know. Do we, do we need to go along? Is, I mean, he's saying that this is Mm-mm. to protect everyone. I, I want to protect everyone yes yeah, I mean, see, think see a little differently that. i you need to listen to him yeah and uh, whereas i think fred johnson was more because of the position he's been in you know former um earth military uh had the situation at anderson station that did not go well and then left the um uh, the earth military and became a member of opa uh and now is struggling to build that into something that can compete politically and militarily with Earth and Mars. So I think now he's looking at this as, okay, this isn't an enemy anymore. This is a resource who, it sounds like his loyalty is just based on his continued availability to have access to the project. I can give him that. So I guess now I have a a project under my belt that I could find some kind of use for. So I think it's like, He's seeing it as a potential trump card and resource that he can Mm. use as either leverage or as a resource to defend against Earth or Mars. Like he's that's what's running through his brain at the moment. And so that's like where he's starting to consider maybe negotiating with this guy. And I think Miller gets it. And he's like, no, nobody else is taking advantage of this. Nobody is going to put this in their corner to get an advantage on anybody else. We're just shutting it down now this has to not exist bang That's a really and I, I to like put it. It. Mm-hmm. Miller gets it Miller understands that what happened to Julie Mao and that entire station cannot ever be allowed to happen again for any reason and if we need to protect humanity against something we got to find a different way to do it because yep. Yep. killing humanity in order to protect humanity doesn't make any sense and I think that's in in Miller's mind. No, you guys are 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 not going to have control over this. If you guys won't end it, I will, and then you guys can lock me up. You guys can space me. You can do whatever you want to do, but I will know that this is ended. Yeah, it's done. Yeah.
0: Plus, we yeah. know that he has kind of an attachment to uh, Julie Mao, so you know he doesn't yeah. want other right. people to have to suffer that same fate after seeing. What happened to Euro
1: Station? But the thing is, Miller is like at that point, he has closure for Julie. Mao. he doesn't care Yeah. if there are any ramifications, what those ramifications may be. He doesn't care if Fred Johnson's going to shoot him in the head or space him or James Holden's going to kick him out of the Rosinante or, you know, whatever's going to happen from that point on. He's like, hey, I got closure. Yeah. Julie has yeah. closure. We're done. This isn't going to happen again. And that's what's important to Miller, and he mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so and that's the look on his face. It's not rage,
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: not disgust, it's not anger. It's just he's calm. It's like okay,
2: he's doing I got what he to be done.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I don't know about it? you guys, but I'm excited for season two, and I I know we have uh, both of you have seen I think both of you've watched episodes three and four now. So, uh, I've seen all
2: three. I'm um, partway through four. Okay. Same
1: here.
0: All right. Well, I, I've not seen anything, and I think I'm going to at least wait. Uh, I'm, I'm going to continue that episode-by-episode episode basis and not watch ahead. Like, unlike some people, cough, cough, Eric.
1: I think you were a hey, bad, I said I wasn't very bad influence you. to Lou. Lou. He was. I, I wasn't going to do it. I'm like, oh, but it's so good. i got to watch more. <laughs> I did it so that I can get that excitement out of the way, and so now before we, before we record, I can go back and watch it again and take notes.
2: What's okay. the, yeah, see, I, I watch it through once, and then I watch it through again taking notes so that okay.
1: I can experience it, and then I can understand it. Because we want to make sure that when we bring this podcast to you guys, we know what we're talking about. We don't want to just get wrapped up in the assignment. Yeah,
2: I want to make sure I know the names stations and people. And, oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, Eric. I didn't mean no, that. it's okay. <laughs> I'm never going
1: to get these station names correct. I'm horrible with names.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So. I, I'm just glad that they do that little uh, subtitle thing that shows where they're at uh, it's nice so all right well uh you guys out there listening you can uh send us your feedback on what you thought about uh the season two premiere and what you expect for season two remember this goes to both me lou and eric when you send us an email so do not spoil anything from the books otherwise i will (laughs) be a very very upset person I I i will publicly call you out on the show so yeah, I'm okay with that too. So yeah, hey, I, I y- you know I could just hire new hosts.
1: <laughs>
0: Y'all can go do your own podcast.
1: Oh wow, <laughs> we'll be we'll be good.
0: <laughs> so yeah, if you want to send us feedback, you can do that at crashcouch at randomchatter dot com. Um, like I said, that goes to the three of us, so we'll all see it.
2: Well, you can find us online at um, randomchatter dot com. You can also find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com dot com slash randomchatter network. Um, Twitter feed. It's Crash Couch. Uh, the Crash Couch is that a Twitter feed.
0: No, it's just Crash Couch.
2: It's just Crash, Crash Couch. Couch. There yeah. we go. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lusecki. That's L O U S E C K I. Chris, where can they find you? I'm at the Curse of Chris. And Eric, what's your uh, Twitter handle?
1: Mine is at Eric Blythe. It's E-R-I-K-B-L-Y-T-H-E. And uh, don't forget, as Chris pointed out earlier, follow Crash Couch, and he will be live tweeting during the live uh, the live airing of the episode. So don't miss I might tune into that just to to follow along with the live tweet.
2: I, yeah, I might do it tomorrow night, too. I should point
0: out that uh, that's at 10 p.m. Eastern. We are an East Coast-based group, so we will be watching the East Coast premiere.
1: Yep. 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, and then I think it's, uh, what, 10 p.m. Mountain and 9 p.m. Pacific? But that would be an hour past... Like, we're going to get to see it an hour before East Coast. Yeah. Right. Um, And we would love it if you'd leave us reviews. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube... Uh, BitTorrent, you know, wherever you're getting the <laughs> podcast uh, You know, tell other people what you think of it. Leave us reviews. Tell your friends about us. If you know other people who are watching The Expanse or might be interested in starting The Expanse, mm-hmm. then get them to do so, and then uh, have them follow the show.
0: Yeah, We actually have a few people in Slack that uh, I know have uh, been listening and following along with us, and one of them uh, has only seen a few episodes of episodes of the show, but he's been kind of following along with our um, Season 1 recap episodes, and now he's compelled to uh, go back and watch the entire thing of what he actually didn't see and only heard. And that's not because we're, like, forcing him to do it and coercing him. He's actually making that decision himself. So Awesome. Uh, One last thing, we'd like to thank all of our uh, Patreon donors. Uh, That's one way that really one of the few ways that we're able to, uh, keep everything running, keep the lights on, as Eric likes to say. And, uh, we really, really can't thank you guys enough. Um, if you want more information about how you can donate to the network, even just a dollar, uh, it's patreon.com slash random chatter. Uh, that's about it. Uh, one, one more thing. Uh, the music you hear in this podcast is welcome to the end by cell dweller. So if you like what you hear, go look that up. Uh, But aside from that, any last words, guys?
1: Nope, just looking forward to season two. Great stuff.
0: Yes, definitely. All right, well, that's all we have time for now on the Crash Couch, and we will see you next time. Take care.